Hello and welcome to The Cat Who Did a Podcast. On today's episode, we're featuring another bonus episode with recipes from The Cat Who Cookbook and a special featurette, The Battle of the Mac and Cheese. I am Susan Romsdorf Terry. <laughs> and I am Luke Romsdorf Terry. And normally we read a book from The Cat Who Mystery Series and discuss it, but uh, as Susan mentioned, a bonus episode, we're taking a look at some, um, some more of the recipes uh, from the citizens of Moose County. Absolutely. And to start off with, uh, you, we have what? What recipe do we have? We're starting off with a sweet tooth. So, a few. So, when I was attempting this, we were in the middle of a snowstorm, and I needed to do something for the weekend to keep myself <laughs> occupied. So, I pulled uh, out the Cat Who Cookbook and came up with a couple of great desserts. Uh, first up, we have Mrs. Marin's coconut custard pie. This is from the Cat Who Saw Red, and. This was a hit. It was yeah. I am not a huge fan of custard. Well, not a, not not that's not a huge fan. I do custard pies have never just been my first go to. I had some coconut. Pie, I had some custard pie insecurities myself. I had never made one before, um, and I ended up tossing. So I had some custard pie insecurities. I had never made one before, so I ended up tossing a perfectly fine first batch because I thought the coconut had scram was scrambled egg inside the uh the filling but it was just the texture of it the was coconut. just the texture of the coconut um but i didn't know that um and then when i was baking it i it spent a little bit too much time under the broiler but i have to say this pie was absolutely delicious and i will do it again as soon as i can find a good reason to oh well at any day ending in why i mean yes <laughs> and go right ahead when i have the ingredients <laughs> Um, the filling was smooth it was creamy it was just sweet enough without being cloying but the thing that really made it for me was the brown sugar coconut crust mm. and despite being a little bit burnt this was crispy and incredible tasting flaky sweet everything you want there to be in a pie crust it, mm. yeah it no, was that was the top the pie crust itself was also was oh, also I, excellent the, I, yeah, I thought that's what you were referring to no 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 the brown sugar coconut crust the oh yeah 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 that, you're right, because that was a little burnt. It was a little burnt, but the flavor was still so good. Oh, yeah. Even though then it was just a little dark in color, but the flavor was superb. Ugh. But as he mentioned, the crust itself was excellent. Mm -hmm. And this was recommended by the recipe book. Um, it's an all-shortening crust. The only adjustment I did make is because I like a little bit of a sweeter crust. I did add a teaspoon of sugar to this. I, I will put this all up on the blog so you can see what I what adjustments I made. Well, really, the, the pie crust did not call for sugar in the original recipe. No. Um, I tend to find that pie crust without sugar can be a little bit too salty. Um, I'm not I sure agree. whether that's the butter. I It may simply be the fact that I tend to use salted butter because that's usually what I have on hand. <laughs> um, so by using the sugar, I kind of balance that out. Mm -hmm. But this was easily the best crust I've ever made. Um, and I would do it again in so, a heartbeat. So four paws. Four paws way up. <laughs> um, waving in the air and begging for more. Meow, 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 meow. meow. All meow, right, meow, so meow, coconut pie. Meow, 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 <laughs> custard pie. So the second thing that I made during the snowstorm was Mrs. Cobb's coconut lemon squares. Now, Ugh. these are referenced frequently throughout the books. Um, Quill makes some wonderful comments about these people don't come out to support causes. They come out to eat your cookies. Pretty much. And Based on this cookie, I completely understand it. Exactly. Um, so everyone who has tried these cookies thus far has absolutely raved. I ended up making two batches because when Luke's father found out that I had made them, he decided that that was what he wanted as his 
treat reward. Um, we do a very silly thing every time Essie has a doctor's Essie, our daughter has a doctor's appointment. Um, we take bets from everyone to see what her height and weight are going to be. Whoever gets the closest gets a baked treat. Gives me something to do. Um, and of course, it's done Price is Right style. Whoever the closest without going over exactly is the winner. Uh, they were all off on the weight. But it was the height they got correct. Your dad got the height. My dad got the weight. The weight. That's it. Yes. But he requested, I, and I didn't know this, my dad has a fondness for lemon bars. So when he found out that this was something I was making, he asked if I could do a batch for him. So I happily made these a second time. Um, this is a shortbread base, a bright lemon and coconut filling. Mm -hmm. I, there is nothing that's not to love about this. And they are incredibly easy to make. So I completely understand why Iris, Iris whip up several dozen for every possible event. I mean, as long as you have enough pans, this is a breeze. Uh, I'm planning to put this on my bake sale list along with chocolate whoppers simply because oh, it is, they are for the most part really easy to make and really, really delicious. They, they give you a huge amount of bang for your buck. They're not... They don't require anything particularly fancy. I, it's bottled lemon juice. And they're so rich as well, too, that you don't need mm. a huge square. You can go with just a small serving and be and thoroughly be satisfied. Fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was it was delicious. Mm -hmm. Now, moving on to we've had our dessert first because life is short. Exactly. Now, what we have next is the main event, the Battle of the Mac and Cheese. It is. And so from the <laughs> very first when I got this cookbook... I have been wanting to try what they claimed was Iris, was Iris Cobb's mac and cheese, which, of course, Quill raves about, from meeting her and the cat who turned on and off to finding her cookbook and the cat who said cheese, and it's constantly mentioned throughout. But I noticed that there is another mac and cheese recipe in the book and attributed to Celia Robinson, and mm -hmm. I kind of assumed that Celia would have absorbed and incorporated Iris's recipe into her own, especially for Quill. But these One would think. two recipes could not possibly be more different so here it is this was our battle of the mac and cheese <laughs> you'll see there's a very clear winner here in just oh, a moment oh yeah sadly um iris cobb's mac and cheese this is a classic mac and cheese lots of real cheese an interesting touch of sour cream to mm -hmm. keep it creamy it bakes up beautifully i like the bite of the spices mustard powder paprika again they call this red pepper i use paprika uh, which is all sautéed with the onions before everything gets mixed in a bowl, poured in a pan, and baked in the oven. I would like to say that I ate a quarter of this pan by myself <laughs> for dinner that night that I made it. If it's not the best mac and cheese I've ever eaten, it is damn close. It's it, Yeah, no, and this is also without anything crunchy on top of a breadcrumb or anything no, like that. You no, don't need it. this is a straight-up baked mac and cheese. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, this, it, it was so good. I will say, however, that this recipe serves six... And is designed to be a side dish. So if you want main course size mac and cheese, I would absolutely double this recipe. It's easy to do. It doesn't take much. And it is just absolutely delicious. It's a great combination of flavors, and I will be doing it again in the next couple of days. Oh, really? We have to get rid of the extra cheese. That's true. Oh, well. Hey, <laughs> birthday week for me is great. There you go. <laughs> now, unfortunately, so we, we, so that we, we was, set the bar pretty high. The, the bar was set very high. So then I moved on to Celia Robinson's mac and cheese. The first thing that I've noticed is there is no milk or other liquid in this recipe except for, of all things, canned tomato soup. Blech. I made it. I followed the recipe, but this is odd there's green pepper there's onion but they're not cooked before being added to the mix and it doesn't bake long enough to actually do anything to them so it leaves them really raw tasting and the tomato base is just 
strange. There's also no additional seasonings, not even salt in this recipe. That's the thing that kept boggling my mind is because I think they assumed that since there's just traditionally so much salt in canned soups, that would take care of it. But it was crazy. I had a portion of it, and I slathered it with hot sauce. I had to get a little bit of shout-out to Hot Ones, a little bit of Los Calientes on there. And <laughs> even then, it was not enough. It still needed something. It was just yeah. so bland. I mean, my best guess is they they assume this is a strange Midwestern farm recipe, but <laughs> I personally feel like Celia would do hers with real cheese and dairy, not processed, even if she did add the tomato soup, which I can justify if it's going in with real cheese. The worst part is, after eating this... Yeah. I threw up. Yep. It was terrible. I threw out the rest. I felt sad for Celia and her customers if this is what her catering company is serving. <laughs> I also felt bad for making Luke and uh, our, our lovely and our, lo- our lovely friend who was over that day um, to, to test out the recipe so it wasn't just the two of us. Um, I made them, I, I felt terrible for making them eat this. It was just awful. It was, yeah, it was not good. Now, in this one, or am, I, am I imagining it that you also put some breadcrumbs into this one? Yes, it actually, it wasn't breadcrumbs. They wanted crackers. They That's wanted right. crushed That's crackers right. on top. Which may, and it was saltine. Saltines. And it was it saltines, made... which again was them trying to make up for the fact that they didn't put any salt in this recipe or anything else. It was awful. Um, yeah. So in response to this, I am going to be posting a roasted vegetable mac and cheese from the nice people at Cabot Creamery, which is delicious. Actually, one of my favorite um, mac and cheeses to make, uh, especially if I need to put extra veggies in something. And quite frankly, I think it's closer to what Celia would do. This woman grew up on a farm. She talks about making her bread pudding by making her by making it with her homemade whole wheat bread. I cannot imagine that she would do anything this crappy there's got to be a yeah you got to wonder why there's a reason for this recipe because it just seems it's so out of place it's It's, just it's it's awful it's out of character it it doesn't serve anything well justice for celia um she deserves a better mac and cheese justice for celia yeah she deserves a better mac and cheese to be attributed (laughs) to her name she's a wonderful character and she does not deserve to be associated with this Awful, awful crime against mac and release cheese. The, release the Celia recipe. Exactly. <laughs> the true Celia recipe. I mean, you win some, you lose some, yes. But it well, shouldn't have been, it, it should have been a matter of taste. Exactly. It should not have just... a matter of one recipe is just terrible. Because, yeah, me and our friend who was over, we all threw this out. Just because it was not good at all. I didn't, I didn't throw it myself, but oof, it was... It was a struggle eating it, and I did not finish it. And no. there was one mac and cheese recipe, of course, we let our daughter eat, and it was not Celia's. No. <laughs> Actually, she did eat some of Celia's, but here's the other thing. She kept that, going back for the other. Well, she ate the noodles. That's true. She ate the noodles. And the noodles were fine. The noodles were well-cooked. Everything was great with that. Um, and they just had a little bit of onion and pepper flavor on them because there was nothing to adhere the cheese to the noodles. Because There right. was no dairy. Just because it's well cooked doesn't mean it's going to taste good. Yeah. And that's what we learned with this one. Yep. Like yeah. I said, win some, lose some. So that's so out of out of the the recipes that we've made so far going back to our other uh, mini episode of cooking, what's is the mac and cheese your favorite recipe that you've made? Iris Cobb's mac and cheese quickly followed by the coconut lemon squares are the two recipes that I will probably go back to very, very frequently. Um, the chocolate whoppers are great, but they're really, really rich and they're a little, and they're complex to make. Mm-hmm. Um, they take a lot of ingredients. They really need to have that toasted, uh, walnut to really be great. So if I'm looking for something to do 
in general, unless I'm looking for a specific project, I would probably go back to the, the lemon squares or the mac and cheese because well, for, it's throw everything together, throw it in a pan, and it bakes up beautifully and because it's well-tested. Sake tested. of yeast. Yeah, like you said, sake of yeast, too. Mm-hmm. You can do those fairly quickly. Yes. Um, I will say, for one thing, the version of the cookbook that I have is, of course, the um, the expanded cookbook. They've added the last couple of books, well, most of the last couple of books. I think they're missing like the last three to this um, to this world that they've created. And it's very clear that different groups of people tested the recipes in the first part of the book versus the ending. Mm. Um, the recipes are much less precise. They aren't as well thought out in general, not just not just Celia's mac and cheese, but a lot of the other recipes that I looked at, um, had odd measurements, odd ingredients that hmm. didn't seem to match up with what they were trying, with the story that they were trying to tell with the food. Versus the first part of the cookbook, these were very clearly well-tested, well-researched, well-planned-out recipes. Interesting. And I think that's that that should be credited towards why we need justice for Celia. <laughs> I think that is a very fair point. Well, any other final thoughts on the food that we've sampled from Moose County, <laughs> aside from Justice for Celia? I'm glad that it's going to snow this week, so that I have another excuse to make <laughs> something carb heavy. We uh, well, yes, we're going to do the we'll have to do the the uh, cheese again, the mac and cheese again. But Absolutely. I think also finding some other recipe could be uh, interesting. Yeah, could and be see fun. what we do. But yeah. Well, until next time, when we uh, dive into our next episode, I'm Luke Romsdorf-Terry. And I'm Susan Romsdorf-Terry. Thank you for listening to the Cat Who Did a Podcast. And happy sleuthing. And stay nosy, my friends. And bon appetit. (laughs) 